This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is the We Art Tacoma podcast. Welcome back to another episode of We Art Tacoma. I'm Eric Hanberg. This is producer Doug. How are you, producer Doug? I have suffered a little anxiety listening to this because he talked about line loads and uh, I have a background in professional theater and learning lines is tough. Do you still have your equity card? I do. That's awesome. Our guest is uh, Brett Carr and he is a director of the play Art, which is uh, uh, this weekend and next weekend at uh, Tacoma Arts Live at the Theater on the Square and he talks about his directing and technical career in the theater, a little bit of uh, what makes theater compelling still, I think. And then we get to actually the show itself, which is a really great show. So uh, let's listen in. We are here for another episode of We Art Tacoma, and our guest today is Brett Carr. Welcome, Brett. Thank you. Good to have you on the podcast. It's good to be here. So you are a... Dramaturg, we were trying to make sure we enunciated that clearly before we started recording. Producer of theater, director. How long have you been in in the theater world? Well, 45 years. Long time. Yeah. With a – qualify that by saying I took almost a 20-year hiatus. Uh, Okay. Let's say that I I went through 45 years and 25 of that very actively. Yeah. What drew you to it at the beginning? What pulled you into the theater? Uh, Well, I started out um, college on a musical scholarship and on an art scholarship. Okay. And um, I kind of went away from both of those, mostly because both my older brothers were artists. And so everywhere I went and, and whatever I was involved in. Uh, I was their little brother. I, I wasn't actually an individual. And you know how that goes when you're of that age. So um, I discovered theater, and it combined everything that I loved. Yeah. It combined art, music, history, which I, at that time, ended up being a history major. Okay. Switched it over to theater and never looked back. So you left music, you left art, you left history. And you went all in for theater. Correct. Yeah. So I, I mentioned directing and producing. Have you written uh, anything for the stage? Have you acted? Like, like where does your where does your I interest lie? I try to avoid getting on the okay. stage like the plague. Okay. Yeah, I'm just uh, have no desire to be an actor. I've never written anything for theater. Okay. Um, I love the technical side of theater. Um, it's always been fascinating to me. So I started out as a lighting designer, technical director. Mm-hmm. And uh, I toured professionally and nationally as, as that. Um, I got into producing and directing simply because when I moved back to my home state, which was Wyoming, mm-hmm. which only had roughly 250,000 people in it, the entire state. I know you're nodding, but think about that a while. How many theaters are there <laughs> to support them? <laughs> we had one. Okay. okay. And it was an important one. And we did really well. 
but that's where I got my first taste of starting and producing and all of the intricacies involved in that and in the business side of it and how to make it work. And um, from there, I moved to Colorado and did much the same thing and then came out here. Yeah. And doing theater here as well, obviously. When we moved out here, uh, that's what I call the children period. So, you know, Mm. we had three children and that 20 years was filled up very heavily with those kids. Did you try to nudge them into musical summer camps or anything like that? No, not really. Not really. (laughs) Uh, But in 2000, uh, 2001, when I got back, uh, we we moved from Gig Harbor over into Tacoma. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went through divorce, drove by Tacoma Little Theater and said, you know, I'd like to try to get back into theater again. I hadn't ever been in, quote unquote, a community theater environment before. So it was a new experience. But they were incredibly kind and accepting of me. And I got to know a lot of really, really good people there. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's talk about the, the the big picture theater for a second in terms of lighting design and technical, because I think a lot of people, when they think about, a th- you know, theater, they think about the actors, maybe they think about the script or the director, but it's it's usually forgetful that, that there's anything else that has to happen, you know, that, that you have to be able to see them, you have to be able to hear them. There's the props, the set. I mean, there's so many different kinds of work that can go into that 90 minute or two and a half hour performance the people forget and i'm curious um if you just have any thoughts about like what people are missing and that richness of that environment because a lot of people who might be interested in theater because they think of oh but i don't want to act might not understand the technical fun of like making that work i think it's the same pretty much as in most creative endeavors that it's always the substance behind that that gives rise to whatever the the dynamic quality is the beauty of whatever it is that you're seeing uh, it's, it's no different for instance in music or anything else if you didn't have all of the technical um, backup experience knowledge um, I'm not saying it's necessary for great art sure but it is what a lot of people I think have come to expect and they don't even know that they're seeing it so when we produce theater, um, we, are, um, we are part of a, a very, very large community um, that supplies technical backup from, like you say, lighting, costumes, set building, um, props. You mentioned props. Right. Um, I was a prop guy in, in, in high school. I which did three, is, years, three years stage, you know, props and stage it, management. It's, inc- it's incredibly difficult. Um, stage management. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And all that comes together to produce theater that you see on stage. Yeah. And one of the things as a lighting designer you learn early on is how to direct the eye and how to, you know, supplement movement on stage and how to enhance it and not necessarily interfere with it. So when you think about it, your goal is to make lighting pretty much unnoticeable, even though it can be spectacular and somebody can actually sit back and in that snapshot in their mind go, oh, that's really amazing. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be there. It just simply enhances. It just simply makes it better. Hamilton, you can listen to the whole story and get the richness on 
by listening to it. But then when you see it and like the spinning stage and how well they use that to to do the um, to do the duels and all of that, like there's there's incredible richness that that you get from actually seeing it as opposed to just like treating it like an audio exactly. play or something like exactly. that. Exactly. When I was uh, very young and I, I would go into New York every year and this was over 200 years ago. But when I was uh, very young, I went into New York and the first production I saw was uh, West Side Story at uh, Lincoln Center. And every year I would go back and see a Broadway play from that point forward. Yeah. And it always amazed me because I'd get the records first. So I listened to Man of La Mancha and I listened to My Fair. I'm really dating myself. I understand Those are good that. shows. But I, I listened to all of that. I knew everything by heart, every single movement I understood, yeah. I thought, right. of course, right. until I saw it. And when I saw it, it was just breathtaking because it all came to life. And it's, just, it's no different than a script when it's, yeah. uh, when it's just a straight play as opposed to a musical. Yeah. Uh, very often you can read a script, and even though it may be a brilliant script, it may be a very difficult script to read because you have to bring it to life. And it has to have characters to do that and people on stage. Right. And although not necessary, everything that you do to enhance that just simply helps that character fulfill its requirement right. for that script. I wrote, I wrote a script in college for a 10-minute play, and it was produced. And one of my friends who had, like, read it early on and then saw it on the – he's like, I didn't realize it was as funny as it was. And I'm like, you don't get jokes when they're just in a script necessarily. Like, the thing that makes you laugh if you're reading it probably won't make you laugh on the stage. Like, it's – there's something about that immediacy and someone saying it, and they learn over time in the rehearsals how to do the cadence. Like, it, it changes. It's It's – Shakespeare's meant to be seen on the on the stage, you know, not read. Yeah, so. that's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah, and art is very much like that. The current production we're doing it's uh, it's very rich. It has incredibly good dialogue, um, and until it's read out loud and until you hear it, you really don't hear all of the intricacies involved. It's very often just normal conversation, but right. when you read it, you don't read it that way. Well, so. and, and we will get to art later, but one of the things, especially on this topic, is, is there's a moment towards the end that the first time I saw it, I, I think I gasped, and then it kind of turned into laughter, and there were all these emotions going, and there's no way that would have happened on if I just read it. Like, no. like it, was, no. it was that richness in the moment with those three actors that made that just one of the, like, just these, this perfect moment of theater, and you're just not going to feel that necessarily when you're on the page. Right. So right. what are some big, big moments for you that you feel proud of or that you just really think about that over the years in your career that, that you're just like, I really, I really like how we did that. Like anything that you would put to someone who is. Well, somewhat when I, I think it was because when I got out of college, I went right into professional theater and it truly was professional theater. It was a little different back in the seventies. Um, in that there was uh, endowment, National Endowment of the Arts, and they were putting a lot of money into the uh, Midwestern, the true Midwestern states. And I'm yeah. talking about Wyoming and Kansas and Colorado and areas like that. They were all considered culturally deprived. We were culturally deprived. Um, but they put a lot of funding into that. And so the kind of training that I received back in that period 
from the professors that we had at the University of Wyoming where I graduated and people laugh, they say theater in the University of Wyoming. But it was incredible. We had teachers from Northwestern and Yale and coming in and quote unquote retiring because they could buy these tremendous houses and beautiful sure. land and stuff for right. pennies on the dollar compared to what they were used to. But they would bring all of this knowledge and ability with them and I just happened to hit it right. And what it taught me was that production, the production values that you put into anything that you do in theater is what's critical. I mean, I it doesn't have to be a big production. It doesn't have to be an overwhelming set. It doesn't have to be gorgeous lighting. It doesn't have to be any of that. It just has to be the overall production value is the very best you can do with what you have. And if you always keep that in mind and you try to achieve that, I think the audience appreciates it. They yeah. understand it because they're witnessing it. They're seeing it. Yeah. And uh, and so right from the beginning, I think what I learned, what I was most proud of when I first started out doing anything on my own was in Wyoming when I did the first annual Wyoming Renaissance Fe Festival. And then we went to the second and the third and the fourth. And... Each one got better and better and better, and I used people that I had known and had developed relationships with in both Colorado and Wyoming, some of whom are very, very good people in theater. And we just kept bringing this wonderful uh, festival, you know, to, to Wyoming, and people would come and they'd go, my God, where does this come from? Where do these people come from? Where do these ideas come from? And I took that understanding, my understanding of that production value to, in, into anything that I did in the future, uh, whether it was in Denver at the World Theater Festival or the Colorado Renaissance Festival, whatever we did there, and and then hopefully continued it out here. And I think we have. Uh, we have a following of actors and technical people. When you say we, just to make sure I understand yeah, well, who you're talking about. I say we in a, in a generous sense of the word because to me it's always a team effort. Yes, yeah. I can sit there and, and talk about it and I can drive it and I can say that this is what we need to do and I can be the catharsis for that. But but bottom line is it's always a group effort. Yeah. I, I can't do it myself. Um, and and I think that's why we have the following in actors and technical people and production people and administration people that we have yeah. is because they want to see and be involved in what I consider to be the best productions that we can do, uh, given the constraints that we have. And uh, I am very proud of that. Yeah. That, that uh, sets me up for another question. Um, what does, in your mind, a director do? Because I think a lot of people may not, as I said, you know, they may not know how some of these back-end things work. Is it just telling an actor, stand here, say your line? What, what else goes into it? Um, Boy, that's a loaded question because I know. <laughs> it, it depends on the type of production. It depends on who you're working with. Um, yes, there are always the basics. You know, you're doing what's called blocking, which are, are placing actors on stage and, and directing their movement and their motivation for that move. In other words, just having somebody simply move because they are there doesn't necessarily work. People don't do that in real life. Um, but it's also understanding all of the different uh, areas of theater and bringing them together so that it works 
for the best possible product that you can put before the audience. In terms of actually directing actors, it's a bit more tricky because it depends on on who you're directing and who your audience is right. and what your goal is. Mm-hmm. A musical is much, much different than directing a straight play, right. a drama, or a comedy. Um, when I directed Buddy Holly for uh, Tacoma for Tacoma Little Theater years ago, um, we understood the arc of that play. And by the arc, I mean, you know, the life cycle of that play. What was it meant to do? Well, it was meant so that at the end of the play, people were on their feet dancing. That's what it was meant to do. If you didn't achieve that, then you didn't achieve what the play was meant to portray to the public, what you wanted the play to mean. And we did that every night, show after show after show. And it wasn't necessarily a great play, but it was so well done. The music was so vibrant. The audience was so enthralled with the characters in it that they got up on their feet every night and started dancing, and they really enjoyed the show. Totally different intent than, say, art, you know, where you have that gasp at the end because something happens that's unexpected. Right. Um, But hopefully the result is the same. Right. The audience gets on its feet and applauds because it's unexpected, and they realize that the quality on the on the um, the wood on the stage is is yeah. outstanding, which I, I think we achieved. I directed so. a, a short play in college. It was uh, one of John Guar's short plays mm-hmm. who wrote uh, Six Degrees of Separation. Um, but he has a, a short play, and I cannot remember the... So it takes place in, in the pasting room of the New York City Library, and uh, it's got the fantastical elements that are common to him. Um, but it's about two very lonely people who finally connect. And one of my friends, after he said it, he's like, so the whole play is just to, like, get people to go home and have sex or something like that? And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of inspired. It's like overcoming loneliness, reaching out to people. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, when you're directing, you have to take all those things in consideration. And I've seen some directors, and they try to put their stamp on it. I tend to be um, – I, I try to be – very patient director. I try to let the actors find their characters. I don't try to direct them into finding their characters. I mean, if they have questions, I'll certainly help them. Um, I believe in the script. I I think that um, it, if the script is good, and there are scripts out there that aren't good, but the ones I've been lucky enough to direct over the years have all been very good. You let the script do the work for you. Yeah. You simply fill the space on those pages with a believable character. And the laughter comes. The tears come. That all comes because you believe it as a person when you're doing it. Um, that's the richness and the, the, the magic of being on stage. Yeah. And sitting 20 feet from somebody who's pouring their heart out to you and really trying to entertain you. I think people love that. I, I've... I'm I'm dumbfounded by the number of people I've met who have never been to a live play before. And they'll see something for the first time and they just they just don't even know how to talk about it because they didn't know that's what it was. Right. I mean they're used to either only going to movies or watching TV. I have I've had 
well, in fact, for the opening of art, we had uh, a couple friends come up who were younger and they were in their late teens and they were just breathless. They could not believe what had happened on stage. Well, I want to talk about art, um, which is the play uh, that Tacoma Arts Live is putting on um, this weekend and next. But we are going to take a quick sponsor break and then we're going to come back and talk about the show. Okay. okay. Be back in a second. This is Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, Nerd Farmer. Fam, you know I'm all about travel. I love traveling to away games for the Sounders or Tacoma Defiance. I love visiting new cities and cultures. And that's why I'm so grateful to have a hometown airline like Alaska right here in my backyard, because they get me wherever I want to go. If you haven't heard yet, Alaska Airlines is sponsoring an amazing opportunity for members of Channel 253. Anyone who is a current member of Channel 253 on June 17th, 2019, will be entered to win air travel for two anywhere Alaska flies. Got that? I'll say it again. Join Channel 253 anytime between now and June 17, and you will be eligible to win air travel for two anywhere Alaska flies. That means Cancun people, Cabo, DC, Pittsburgh, Vegas, Columbus, Anchorage, San Francisco. I'm just listing great cities now, but you get the idea. Sign up for Channel 253, support what we're doing, and be entered to win air travel for two. To sign up, visit channel253.com slash Alaska. Terms and conditions apply. To all the fine people of Alaska Air, thank you for sponsoring this promotion and for your longtime supporter, Channel 253. All right, we are back, and uh, our guest is Brett Carr, and we are talking now about the show Art, which is at uh, Tacoma Arts Live. Um, it premiered last weekend, but it's also got two more weekends of, uh, of yeah. uh, that'll be at um, the Theater on the Square. Do you want to just introduce just a little bit like what this play is or what it's about to someone who isn't familiar with it? Well, the play is about uh, an individual, a, a man who buys a, um, a painting. It's a white painting, and he has two relatively lifelong friends that he's had. And they can't believe he's bought this white painting. Just an all-white painting. Their reaction to it. And that's basically the gist of its play, of the play. I mean, I've yeah, – my, my wife had never seen the show, nor had she read the script. And when she went to one of the rehearsals, she said, you know, it's almost like uh, um, junior high girls who are actually 50-year-old men and the, the way they talk to each other and stuff. And I thought about it. I thought it was pretty funny, and in a way it was. Now, she's watched the play several times, and now that she's seen it after it opened and so on and so forth, she thinks it's it's absolutely wonderful. But it's an incredible play. It's a play written for actors, and by that I mean that it has very rich dialogue, and mm -hmm. it, it gives an actor an opportunity to interpret and to read and to understand delivery and and receiving and hearing that delivery from other actors totally different ways than you would expect. Um, it's one of the things I, I've talked about where you give the actor an opportunity to develop that character and you let that character become whatever it is on the page. If you go into a play like that and say, well, uh, this individual is like this and this is what you should do, it's probably, in my opinion, the wrong approach. What you should do is say, here is the script. 
You develop that character. I trust you as an actor to do the very best you can to put together whatever you need to put together to understand what that character is reading. And then you let them take it from there. And uh, Well, and in that play in particular, not just understanding the character, but understanding the relationships. Like what have these three men been through, you know, together in their in their friendship that right. that that makes them such good friends, but then also makes them uh, precarious where, you know, this painting can come in and, you know, is, is he getting to, right. uh, you know, uh, the word that, you know, like, like, is he trying to uh, be above us? You know, all these questions, pretentious, all these things that right. erupt, like, like what, what caused the friendship to get to this point? I think it's something yeah. those three actors would have to uh, really think about. Right. And as a director, you have to uh, decide, well, is this, uh, is this something that we need to analyze up front and think about and um, worry about the textual content and, and move forward from there and rationalize? Um, again, I'm, I'm inclined not to as a director to do that. I'm inclined to trust my actors. In this yeah. case, we have three really wonderful actors, one of whom has been on stage um, continuously – uh, for his career, mm-hmm. two of whom have been not on stage for the past twenty years. And can we talk about that for a second sure. too? Yeah. So, so um, two of the actors might be names that Tacomans recognize: David Fisher of Tacoma Arts Live, right. and Josh Knudsen, who works at uh, UWT. Right. And uh, I did not know Josh. I, I, I've met Josh uh, at, at UWT events or things like that. I had no idea that he had a, a theater background. And yet this is a professional production. All three of these actors are equity actors, um, which is pretty great. Yeah, they're, they're professional actors. They, um, Josh had uh, you know, a rich career before he went into education. Mm-hmm. Um, David's you know, MFA in acting, so on and so forth. Um, he was at Tacoma Little Theater for a while. Uh, I think it was Santa Clara's where he went to, and David, forgive me if that's incorrect, and then he came back up here. Right. But, um, yeah, people won't know them as being on stage. And it was a challenge, frankly, working with them, not because of their ability or their skill, because, bluntly, I recognize that right away. But their confidence level was mm-hmm. difficult simply because they hadn't been on stage in such a long time. Right. And a, frankly, a, a 25, 30-year-old mind uh, interpreting, memorizing dialogue of this uh, extent, which, which it is with yep. this play. It's an hour and roughly 40 minutes long maybe a little bit shorter but it's it's only three people on stage so there's a tremendous and pretty much of, always on stage together always right? on stage yeah. Yeah. and it's it's pretty much uh, that and and they have to they have to have this dialogue spot on because with only three people you don't have the ability to shuffle dialogue on somebody else or to do to right. ignore this delivery or whatever right. and go on everything's contextualized into what you're doing next so um now, Eric Clazell, who is the third leg of this stool. And the this, owner of the painting, if I understand and correctly. And the owner of the painting. Uh, I directed Eric in Thurgood and uh, played Thurgood Marshall. And he was on stage for an hour and 45 minutes by himself in a monologue. So oh. that is a line load. 
And so this was a relief to him. <laughs> but for David and Josh, um, that, it was a it was a, a difficult challenge for them to be able to 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 do what they've done, and they've done it remarkably well. And so, although I understood that they would grab hold of their characters, and that they would own them, and that they would make the the script that we talked about, which can be rather taxing by itself on page, turn into something live and tangible and fun on stage. I knew that they would do that, but it took a little bit of time and patience and allowing them to find that character and bring it to life. And once they did, it worked out remarkably well. So that all of the other things that happened throughout the play, you know, the set, which is wonderful, it's a very, very nice set done by Blake York. Um, that was wonderful. And the lighting done by Nick Olson, that was wonderful. And some of, some of it's somewhat theatrical and a little uh, directed from time to time because one of the things that I did on this production is I wanted them to talk directly to the audience. I hmm. wanted the audience to empathize with them as individual characters. So... In the play, it simply says that they talk alone. The way that the play has been done when I've seen it is the characters have just turned on stage and started talking. I always thought that was a little awkward because you didn't break them out of that reality. So we're bringing them downstage to actually talk directly to the audience and give their true thoughts, if you will, right. that is reflecting on what was either just said or maybe what is about to be said, they talk directly to the audience. And I kind of enjoy that theatrically. Mm-hmm. And so we change the lighting and we make it a little bit more distinctive. Sure. And um, I think it works very nicely. It's also scary because you're talking directly to Making eye contact. the audience. Yeah. yeah, it's what's called breaking that wall. And that's that's scary for some actors. Again, we had the advantage with Eric in, in Thurgood. I had him do that continually as Thurgood. Um, so he was comfortable with it. And it took him a long time to get used to that because Eric is a, a musical theater guy. And, you know, he toured internationally. He's, he's brilliant. But he'd never done that before. He'd never just turned and started walking downstage and delivered monologue to the audience. Talking to the hadn't audience. happened. Sure. sure. Um, okay. So that was a challenge for all of them. And as it turns out, I think they've done it brilliantly. Yeah. I, I enjoyed great. it. <laughs> well, that's what's important. <laughs> so one of the things um, that I think is worth lingering on here is is this uh, this show, as well as the show that we had in the fall, which you co-produced, which was Vanya, Sonia, Sonia, Masha, and Spike, Spike. Yeah. is a return in some ways to equity professional theater in the Tacoma area, where it's been some time. Tacoma Actors Guild, I think it was 2006 that they finally Mm -hmm. closed their doors, and that was even after kind of a reset. Um, We have have thriving community theaters, no question. Tacoma Musical Playhouse uh, is a a machine of of, uh, ticket sales and and, uh, musicals. Uh, Tacoma Little Theater is celebrating 100 years now, which is – Amazing, um, but but the professional theater has has really struggled uh, after that period of time, and so this is 
This is new. This is bringing it back again. And I wonder if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah. In 2009, uh, I'd been at Tacoma Little Theater helping uh, productions there and doing set design, lighting. They wanted me to be the production manager. And so I was a volunteer production manager for a few years. And it was a wonderful experience. I met a lot of really tremendous people. Um, one thing I learned, frankly, was, you know, um, I didn't know what to expect in terms of quote-unquote professionalism because my world to that point had been professional people, and I I really didn't know what to expect. And what I found out was a pleasant surprise. The people I met were, if not um, technically professional because they maybe didn't have their equity card, they were in, in all content and example professional. Um, and it was quite eye-opening for me. In 2009, 2010, I went and I met David Fisher for the first time. And I said I'd like to partner with um, the Broadway Center at that time right. and, and, and put on theater. And he allowed us to do that. And we did partnership with him for one season. Okay. Um, we were an equity house. Oh, good. Um, I didn't realize that. And we put on five wonderful shows we finished in the black we didn't know anybody any money anything like that that's a win in but theater. starting in 2009 which was probably the worst single year to try to start a theater in the history of the united states was not a great idea of mine right um but we had incredible people working on it we did wonderfully at the end of the season, I just simply said no more because I became a fundraiser, and that's not really what I wanted to do. Yeah, I wanted to produce theater. And so we stepped away, and uh, we kept our relationships open. I helped David throughout the years. He brought me back to do productions and to help with him in the in productions of uh, theater that they wanted to produce at uh, the Broadway Center and then Tacoma Art Live. And... Uh, it's been a wonderful relationship, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. Professional theater, I think, is very important because it supports, um, in terms of a living wage, the artist. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with equity because of that, because I think it is crucial and it is important for the community. But to say that um, Tacoma Little Theater or Lakewood Playhouse is is not as professional or doesn't touch on professionalism, I think it's a huge mistake because there are people there that are just as good and have just as much to offer this community as as any professional actor or technician that I've ever met. I think that's, so. a, that's a great way to think about that uh, community and, and equity theater, yeah. Thank you. Almost all of the people that we have involved in this theater company directly are from this community and of this community. That's great. So, and we continue to uh, see that brought to us by people who are coming to tryouts for uh, auditions for the next show, which is Shakespeare in Love. And that's in the fall, right? That's right. So so the this partnership will continue and we can still hopefully expect to see more equity theater at, at uh, oh, absolutely. Theater on the Square. We have um, we have auditions up in Seattle, and a lot of that is equity. Uh, but we also have 
at least a third of the auditions happening in Tacoma of the numbers that we have so far, if not really closer to half. And um, I'd say probably 50, 60 percent of those are equity as well. Yeah. So it's it's going to be very, very fun. I, I think we're going to have an outstanding production coming up with Shakespeare in Love. It's a wonderful script. It's a delightful show. It's very challenging. It's not as easy as people think. It's not a Shakespearean play. It's a contemporary play about Shakespeare. Yes. It's a lot of difference. Yes, absolutely. Well, I really want to thank you again for taking the time to talk about the show, uh, which I will just remind people is art, and that is May 10, 11, 12, and 17, 18, 19. So this weekend, next weekend, get tickets. Uh, They're uh, very affordable. I think they start at like $19, which is an amazing price. Um, and there are no bad seats in that house. It's a it's a good ha- it's a it's a good place to be. Yeah. So, check it out. And um, Brett, again, I just really want to appreciate uh, that you gave the time, and I'm excited uh, to get to this because I have not gotten to your production yet. So uh, it's been probably 15 years since I saw art on the stage. So I'm going to have to get to it. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Yep. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.